Welcome to Beyond the Mold, a podcast about the breakthrough innovations and the experts who are pushing the boundaries of traditional injection molding, packaging design, and sustainability. I'm Tracy Broad of Husky Injection Molding Systems. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Today's episode is about engineering change. At Husky, we believe our strength and ingenuity comes from diversity and learning from shared experiences. I'm pleased to welcome to our podcast two longtime women engineers at Husky to talk about their careers and what it's like to be part of such an exclusive group and why it's important for young women out there, our daughters, granddaughters, nieces, or even if you're mentoring a young woman, to not only pursue a career in the engineering industry, but also persevere. So without further ado, I have Vivian Chung from our Bolton, Ontario campus and Melanie Henderson from Milton, Vermont with me today. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Let's get right into it. So please tell us a little bit about your role at Husky. Vivian, why don't you get us started? Okay. I'm a project engineer to start with, and recently I kind of start with a slightly different role. So I have a few project engineers working for me as a little team to support the all the functionality of the machine's operations and the regional service team and the regional managers. So I've had a lot of different roles at my time here at Husky. My current job title is Global Training Specialist. So uh, I'm part of the Hot Runners organization, the third-party Hot Runners, and my job is to, well, I have a lot of jobs, but my, my main job is to create training material for our new or our existing design group. And then I create the training material, and then I teach local trainers on each one of our manufacturing campuses. So let's take a step back into history and think a little bit about when did you know that you wanted to join an engineering field or take on a role in engineering? Okay. So my dad is an engineer, so he's a chemical engineer, and he's also a very handy person. He's always very good with building and whatnot. So from my very smallest years, he was always involving me with the kinds of challenges that he was working with around the house. And, you know, he used to play games with me where, you know, just making conversation, he would hold something up and be like, about how big do you think this is? Eh, about three inches, about four inches, that's about a foot. So, you know, he was sort of building it right into my childhood. And he would do science experiments with uh, my brother and I as well at home, just to be like, here, this is a cool thing. Let me, let's make a potato battery and, you know, stuff like that. So even from the earliest years, I was already started sort of being trained to think in that direction. So I wasn't like especially good at math and science, but again, my dad really stepped in in those years. So I remember distinctly being in sixth grade. So we had to move over to the middle school Plus, you've got puberty, uh, you know, on set, which is all just weirdness. And I remember in sixth grade, and suddenly the math starts getting more abstract in sixth grade as well. It's less counting on your fingers and, you know, drawing pictures and more decimals and things like that. And I remember starting to pull away and being like, I'm not smart enough. I can't do this. And my dad specifically, I remember his expression many, many times being like, yes, you can. Like, just take a deep breath and come on, let's keep going. So he was the one who, who sort of pushed me over that initial hesitation and really gave me the confidence that I needed all through my high school years to start even thinking about going to school for engineering. Great. Wow. Sounds like you had lots of encouragement along the way. Yeah. Good. Thanks. Vivian, how did you get started? When I started in university, I 
have to uh, move to uh, Manitoba with my brother, and I have no friends, nobody over there. And but my brother already has a bunch of friends and roommates, and they are all in engineering. So basically, I don't even need to think, and it's just like it's almost like. Engineering is the only faculty that's open in that university. I have no other thoughts or never really think about anything else. It's just naturally get into that. And the next question is, which discipline do you want? Like computer, electrical, mechanical, and all that. I never think about whether that's going to be any issues or any thing that I have to overcome for that field, just because. Is less、uh, female student there until the of course when I first start day one, then I found out the challenge already that they only have one female washrooms in the first floor and then one female washroom on the sixth floor. <laughs> so even the washrooms were a challenge at school. <laughs> oh God! For that specific building, because it's so old, so that's okay. It's just kind of train you have a much better better control in a way. <laughs> That's one way to keep you in the classroom. In terms of school, was there any particular subject that you excelled at? I know that what I am not doing very well is easier to pick in that way because I'm always into science, but the chemical or chemistry area is not good. Anything else seems to be okay with me, so I just say very balanced in that way. I was. Okay with math and with science as well. I enjoyed the classes, but I didn't particularly excel at them. But did well enough that obviously I could pass. So it was a little bit scary going into engineering because I was a little bit afraid that I was going to be just pigeonholed into doing nothing but you know calculus, which is not who I am. I wanted a lot more color and a lot more interest, but. What I started to focus on the the concept that kind of kept me going in the in the early days when I was deciding, especially when I was deciding which、uh, engineering discipline to go into, I kept thinking about the animatronics at Disney, and that an engineer had to make all of that stuff. And so, basically, just because you were doing engineering didn't mean that it had to be dull and gray and you know dreary and just lists of numbers. There could be magic. There could be color. There could be whimsy. As well,、uh, baked into the engineering process, so that's where my initial thoughts were. Then, yeah, I chose mechanical engineering as well, mainly because working with my hands made sense. Whereas I don't have an intuitive feel for like electricity, for example, and you know, chemistry was okay, but it wasn't like amazing. But being able to make things, especially like make art with my hands, that that made sense to me, and so、uh, so that's where I went into mechanical. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I like the Disney inspiration. <laughs> so, if we look at your careers now, what are some interesting or rewarding projects that you've had the opportunity to work on during your time at Husky? So, interesting project. I think when we launched the、um, the multi layer、uh, product line for the Seymour、uh, uh, system, that's、uh, very interesting and challenging. Because that we is the very first system that we trying to launch from the time that we received a go ahead from the customer to the time that we actually make it become a production worthy system, it takes less than、um, a year from a development engineering project to a production system. So timeline wise is challenge and always 
a lot of unknowns as a first system that the customer understand that it's kind of uh, okay, you need development support and all that. But in their eyes is I pay you money for this, I better make sure that it works. So that's some of the uh, challenge. Lots of pressure there, it sounds like. Uh, yeah, actually people thrive with stress and all that, right? Yeah, you don't want to be just sitting down there and doing the same thing again and again every day. I guess that's one of the uh, advantage of in the engineering field because every day can be different. Even though you may be saying that you're doing the same job or same role for years, but every day you learn something new. That's not one day that I can walk out of the office without saying, oh, this is new to me. That's great. That's great inspiration for our listeners. So I've worked for Husky for 21 years and I've had a lot of different roles and like each role has, you know, some sort of crowning achievement kind of thing. <laughs> so when I first started at Husky, I was a, a designer. I designed Hot Runners for a year and a half. And then I became the local trainer here in the Milton campus. And that was one of those moments where they kind of realized that they had a problem and they weren't really sure how to deal with it. And that was when I sort of raised my hand and was like, me, me, Ooh, I want to be the trainer. <laughs> Let me take this on. And, uh, and I started to create a cohesive training program that I was very proud of at the time. And then I became a mold-based designer. And my last mold-based that I designed was this like enormous system. I mean, it was just for one customer. It was actually to make the Yoohoo caps. <laughs> so, you know, like they have that sort of like mushroom sort of look to them, right? It was this really complicated mold. It was like 18 plates all stacked up and with rotating parts and moving parts and cams and a lot of complexity to it. And it was profitable, which was actually not all that common for most mold-based systems. Usually like they're lucky if they break even, but that one actually made a profit and I was super proud of it. And then I moved on and I, I was in the standards role. So that's uh, standardizing uh, internal uh, components and, and keeping drawings up to date and things like that. And then I had babies and then took a little time and then came back and worked in product development for a little bit. And then after product development, then I took on this role. So I've actually been in, in my, my global training role for 12 years. But what keeps me going in this role is, is just as Vivian said, it's, it's, it's different all the time. So a lot of the time, you know, I'm creating training material. I'm playing with new types of software so that I can create cooler and cooler presentations and animations to explain to my users how the systems work. And then I'll have one more. So my most recent one, we have in Hot Runners, we have three analysis tools that help us size the melt channels inside of the manifold, help us ensure that the manifold will be strong enough to handle the pressures and help us ensure that the manifold will seal in, that it won't leak resin everywhere in hot condition. So we had these three analysis tools that were ancient. They were so old and they were starting to really sort of outgrow the, the capabilities of what we needed to do. In other words, it had been designed when we had a very small product line. And as over, over time, product development added more and more and more products and the tools couldn't keep up. So they agreed to make a, a new single streamlined analysis tool. And I got involved in the second stage and uh, at that point, unfortunately, the product development resources were starting to be pulled away and the, and the project was actually starting to be a little bit in jeopardy. But I was able to step in and I took over the role of 
not only, I was originally supposed to just do the training, but I actually ended up stepping in to review the data, to start inserting the data into all of the systems, to start building all of the logic, to do all of the testing, to provide feedback to our external vendors, and then eventually to do the actual training and to roll it out to all the users worldwide. So those tools have now been in uh, production for four years and it's called Newton. And it's really the heart of the, it's, it's, it's the heart of the hot runner. It's what ensures that the hot runner meets our guarantees and, and it works. And I'm super proud of it. <laughs> it's really interesting to hear both of your journeys and, and how different I think the engineering discipline can be uh, in different ways that you can, you know, apply what you know and what you learn every day to bring that uh, to whether it's, you know, internal Husky processes or ultimately to, you know, Vivian and your role to our customers. If we look at some of the statistics that we hear today, there's a statistic that tells us that 40% of women either quit or never even make it into the engineering field. Has that ever crossed your mind? And if so, tell me a little bit more about why did you stick it out and, and what's kept you in engineering all this time? You choose who goes first. For me, I never really have any hard time or question or why I should leave this field. It just never come across my mind that what's the difference? Like if you get into this field, any any field, any job, any career path, you are going to have uh, roadblocks anyways. So I just cannot see any reasons that I have to switch or quit. Just, just keep going and then until the roadblocks are gone. It's a great answer. And, and, you know, I appreciate your honesty. If you, you know, you're the type of person that keeps going and doesn't quit, then certainly perseverance is, is one of the qualities that I think, you know, for women in engineering, it, it sounds like it's important. And it sounds like it's a skill that you've worked on probably to hone throughout your entire career uh, so far with Husky. Sometimes you can see that maybe people say, okay, being a, a, a female engineer in the field with all this male is a disadvantage, or, but I, I see it as an advantage. I kind of take advantage of that all the time, actually. <laughs> Even there, as you're laughing. <laughs> now you need to tell us more. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking about the situation. Even as like sharing facilities in a building that's full of female, I have my own washroom. I used to have my own store that I go in. This is my spot. <laughs> Set up the way that I like it. <laughs> Because <laughs> that's not enough um, female to share the washroom in this case. So I'm very happy to have my quiet own personal space in that case. But putting all the jokes aside, basically people will see eventually whether you can perform or deliver through their eyes. It doesn't matter at the end. Of course, you have some stereotype. It still happens now, but it's more so for like... Even 15, 20 years uh, ago, when I start, I have uh, talked to customers as in Asia, especially in Asia. They never know well, whether Vivian is a, a man or a, a woman until they kind of hear the voices and they are always surprised. I do have customers who come to me and ask, oh, why, why are you working? I say, what do you mean, why am I working? Shouldn't you be like, is, I think you're married. Shouldn't you be staying home and, you know, I don't get offended by all those questions, but I just kind of, kind of surprised. Oh, where do you come from? <laughs> 
why you have these questions? But it's just a different culture, right? Back in the, those days. And now it's not as, uh, you don't get that type of questions very often. I think people start kind of open up and kind of accept the fact that, yeah, it's just a job. Anyone can do it. That's really encouraging, Vivian. I appreciate that point of view. I think that for young women looking to get into the field, I think that, you know, to your point, 15 or 20 years ago, things have certainly changed and the perspectives are are very different. But I like your uh, can-do attitude around your approach to uh, that anyone can really do it. Yeah. So I have had times when I've, I've considered getting out of engineering and doing something else. And actually my two, my two best friends from college, both were engineers and one is now a marketing executive and the other is now uh, a professor at, uni- at the University of Vermont. Now, their engineering backgrounds still serve them well in their current roles um, and it helps them to grow and definitely still brings a level of, of science and logic to everything that they do. But yeah, they, they sort of were like, okay, I did this thing. This isn't really who I am and I'm going to go and try something else. For me, definitely when I took time off to have children and then came back to work, you know, that was, that was challenging. That was difficult mixing everything in and, and, and finding that balance and making sure that I was both a good employee and also a good mom because both are important. So what keeps me here? Um, and the reasons why I chose to come back. Well, first of all, I, I care deeply about the people that I work with. The other part is, is I like puzzles. So for me, when you're going through first high school and then through engineering training, you know, going through uh, college and your engineering degree, yeah, there's some hardcore math in there. There's like I mentioned calculus; it's a thing. It's daunting, and but for me, it's you get through it. I mean, it's fine as long as you pass. It's okay because once you get out into the real world, it really comes down to puzzles that have a real grounding in reality. So when I'm looking at data and trying to find trends or um, you know trying to solve problems. I understand what the data means and I understand where it came from. And so it has a very real, very, it's not abstract anymore. It's very real. And that makes sense. And it also means that it's just kind of, I know that there's an answer. And if I keep playing and puzzling, then I'm going to find it. And so it's that sort of just joy of, it's problem solving, but it's not, you know, it's not the kind of problem solving. Well, all right. There is some problem solving where you're like, I don't, uh, there may or may not be an answer out there. But the ones that are the most fun are the ones where you know there is an answer and you just got to keep trying until you find it. So, I, I think if we look at the field of engineering uh, since when you first joined to sort of today, in your experience, how has the attitude towards women in the field changed in you know, the engineering discipline? People did change over time. So basically, I think just because we have more um, female engineer engaged in the field, it's more like people see the result. They see what being a female as an engineer can deliver. It's not like just a pity face showing up and do nothing. So at the end of the day, everyone's looking for result. So if you prove that you can deliver, you're qualified for the job, then people usually let their stereotype gone a bit. But again, they are still, I would say, a small, very small percentage of people in, in the field um, still very skeptical. They kind of just say, okay, let's see when she's going to quit, when she's going to fail, something like that. 
So it's too bad that it's not like 100% gone with that stereotyping, but it's uh, actually I can see that it's, it's improving in terms of the acceptance. Just to be realistic now, what type of career or job that a woman cannot do? I like that attitude, Vivian. Some physical constraint. And there's some jobs that guys cannot do either. So it goes both ways. Why don't we have stereotype of over the... Yeah, actually we do. Actually, when you talk about a man nurse, some people, oh, yeah, sure. But yeah, yeah, I guess it happened in both ways. But definitely it's better nowadays. I agree with Vivian. I mean, the vast majority of experiences that I've had are, if you can do the job, People really don't care about, you know, where you're coming from or if you're a woman or if you're a minority, what they're looking for is results. So I know, I mean, when I very, very, very first started, there was definitely a certain amount of like, like I was a novelty, if you will, (laughs) walking around, but that didn't mean that people weren't friendly or even, I didn't get, you know, sort of rude behavior per se of people assuming that I couldn't. It was more like people Mm, watching because you happen to be the one walking around then then it, it, sort of your results can can stand out a little bit more which honestly is is again a spur to do your very best because people are going to notice i never got the sense of people assuming that i couldn't or or dismissing me out of hand uh, most people are are really just happy to help and i've always had a feeling of welcome so if we look at Uh, your perspective on why you think it's important for more women to join engineering as a field uh, of study or as a job, uh, career choice, what might that be? Sure. So, I mean, it's always valuable to have different perspectives. So men and women having people from different ethnic backgrounds, different races, different, you know, it's always good to have different voices. It makes for a more accessible product for our customers and it makes for a more cultured experience here at work as well. So yeah, so it's always good to have more diversity. I think that it's generally, it is nice to have a certain amount of of, uh, camaraderie, if you will. So I get along very well with all of my male colleagues. I kind of have to because most of them are male. (laughs) But we have a great time. It's okay. But when I do have those few female engineers, it's so nice to be able to just uh, sit down and share experiences and and compare notes and sometimes just take a deep breath and, and sort of let your hair down and realize, you know, acknowledge to each other that there is that there's stress, there are pressures that are unique for a woman and, and just, you know, have that sort of shared experience. But I wouldn't say that those pressures are insurmountable. It shouldn't frighten girls away from doing engineering. It's more just a matter of we're still in sort of, let's say, early stages, I suppose, of, um, you know, more women coming into the engineering field. As more women come in, then any challenges that are unique to uh, female engineers will become more normal. I guess, uh- First of all, you just need to look at the talent pool in general. If you have 50% of a population that you rule out as a good resources to get your talent employers, uh, employees uh, with a proper skill set, you're missing out a lot. And of course, I agree totally with Melanie that different looking at things with different perspectives just because of your background gender difference and all that actually helps in terms of solutioning and like you need a balance of both sides to see things differently to contribute to the same set of solutioning 
So I just cannot see why this advantage, let's put it in that way, without female in the field. You just need to make sure that all the girls are, are there and then, yeah, don't be scared and just venture out. You may hit some roadblocks, but as I said before, any career, any field, you have roadblocks. So just don't be too hard on yourself and don't even think about it. Just like day-to-day work, just go. The more you think about it, you say, when I'm going to be ready, then you'll never be ready. It's just like having kids, the same thing. That's great perspective. Thanks, Vivian. Actually, you almost answered my last question with our time together. What advice might you give some of our listeners today as we close out our time together? So I would definitely say, you know, uh, encourage your girls, um, your daughters and granddaughters and whatnot to, you know, consider engineering and don't be afraid. I think sometimes we can defeat ourselves before we've even gotten started. So don't think that because it looks like the person next to you just instinctively knows what he's doing. That isn't necessarily the case. Take a deep breath, believe in yourself, go forth and try things. I would also say, uh, definitely be true to yourself. Again, I'm not interested in a gray world where it's all just calculations and and boring. (laughs) I am a colorful person. Um, I like to have uh, a lot of fun with what I do. And so definitely, you know, think about who you are as a person and what sorts of things you enjoy. There's lots and lots of different engineering disciplines that can tie into all kinds of interests in your background. So it doesn't just have to be, you know, don't don't think of it as like, oh, I have to just build trusses for the rest of my life. It's it's really not that. (laughs) I wanted to say one thing too. One piece of advice that I got when I was first starting my engineering career here at Husky, which was really, really, really good advice, was go out and talk to the people who build it. So we kind of have this impression when we're in engineering school or in university that the people that you learn from are professor types. You know, we sort of have this sort of impression that they have to have many degrees or or many, many years of experience within engineering in order to have valuable information. But that really isn't true. Uh, A lot of the best learning that I did was when I went out and spoke to the people who actually built my systems. So I'll give you an example. I had a particular project that had a lot of really weird constraints around uh, the top of the system. So they had to bolt through things. I had to go around things. I had all kinds of strange things that I had to work around and still get my wires up to the box at the top. So I designed this huge, elaborate, remarkable <laughs> aluminum adapter plate that that accomplished all these features and had all these funky cutouts and whatnot. And um, when, I, when it was finally time for it to be assembled, I went down and I spoke to the assembler who was this older gentleman and I showed him this aluminum box and I was like, look at this, it does all this cool stuff and I had to do this and this and this. And he said, can I tell you what you did wrong? (laughs) And I was like, okay. (laughs) So he explained to me that, yes, technically you met all the requirements, but you could have still met those requirements in much simpler ways that would have been a lot less expensive. And so he, he kind of basically did a design review with me of like, if you had done this, it would have accomplished the same things and wouldn't have been so hard to make. And, and, you know, that's not fun to hear, you know, when somebody says, yeah, your baby's ugly. But I also learned so much from that conversation. And I really took that lesson with me through 
all of my years and really looked at all of my designs to be like, is there a simpler way that I can do this? Is there a less expensive, easier way to assemble? You know, like really looking at it from the perspective of simplicity. And um, and that one lesson really served me well throughout my whole uh, experience. The other thing too, is that when you do go down and chat with the people who build your systems and get to know them and get to know them as people and, and really listen to their feedback, they will also help you out when things don't go well instead of uh, being a roadblock and being like, well, all right, how are you going to fix it? So go down and talk to the people who are actually building the systems. You can learn so much from them and it really will just improve the work that you do. That's great. It sounds like building relationships is pretty key to uh, your success as well, Melanie. Absolutely. You know what? I totally agree with whatever Melanie <laughs> has said before. It's actually very, very important to develop support and re- report from the the team that you're working with. And that lead me to think of uh, one of the uh, advantage of being being a female in a way, because we ask questions all the time and then look at the the others half that never ask for directions. I saw that all the time. If I go into on the shop floor with someone else that's kind of next to me, I say, okay, I don't think you understand. I was thinking, but aren't you going to ask? Yeah. <laughs> or no, you can't just because you cannot ask a question to show that you don't understand. At the end of the day, I got way more out of me asking what they think is stupid questions mm-hmm. and learn a lot. And then the people are willing to, actually, they will, you'll be surprised when you ask for something that you think is so trivial. But for them, they say, yeah, I totally understand why you ask that. Let me explain to you. But most of the time that I saw is, okay, they, the others are more like reserve or conserve and they don't want to ask questions. It's just like, okay, all, all my ego is gone. If It's just because I asked that one question. But that's actually important. Just go and ask if you don't know. If I know everything, I will not be in the same position now. Every day you have something to learn. So just no stupid questions. There are a lot of things that you cannot just learn from the internet, from the book. It's like a lot of experience. Why do you want to reinvent the wheel when someone already seen that, been there and done that? So by asking the people that maybe a few desks next to you that have been there for years, you really gain a lot, save a lot of time and get a lot of fresh ideas as well. And he, by answering your question, actually may come up with some other idea as well. So it's like win-win for each. It goes in both ways. So just venture out and then do what you, you think is right and don't second guess yourself. Well, I want to thank you both for joining me today. I think you both shared some amazing insights into what it's like to be a woman in engineering and working at Husky for the length of time that you've both been at Husky. So I want to thank you for your valuable insights and advice. And I'm sure that our listeners have enjoyed hearing today the perspectives from both of you and what it means to be a woman in engineering. So thanks for joining us today on Beyond the Mold. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Check out our show notes for resources discussed in today's episode. And if you like what you heard, rate and review us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you next time as we venture beyond the mold.